With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello and welcome to the Archie Gray is Magnificent podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. After everything I said last week, I said that I wouldn't big up Archie Gray and put all that pressure on the poor young lad, but... Yeah, welcome to the Leads That podcast. And yeah, how are you feeling after that, Rocker? We haven't talked. We haven't. We haven't even sent a message to say what what were your thoughts. So we're we're coming in blind to this one. And uh, yeah, I, I texted you saying happy question mark, and you didn't even reply to that. So I'll <laughs> I'll tell you what it is, Rocker. I've got an absolutely banging headache because, <laughs> and I'm not even joking, but this football club is so stressful. It's unreal. Yes, absolutely. You can say that again. I'm happy. I really enjoyed it. It was great being back. Obviously, it wasn't perfect, and we'll get into the nooks and crannies. But um, overall, really enjoyed it. Love a 95th minute equaliser. And yeah, just, just good. Just leads. I mean, we, we pummeled them, didn't we? Which is always good to see when it has a happy-ish ending. Yeah, exactly. And what was it, 78 possession, something like that? Yeah, 25 odd shots to their, well, two, I guess, or maybe three if the blocked one counts before the goal. I don't know if they had any others. I can't think of them. Obviously, like the running style and the way we sort of were building up play differed from Bielsa, but it felt so much like those days where we would play against sort of poor championship sides that just sat deep and just were very frustrated and would either catch us on the break or just sneak the goal here and there and that, that's that's precisely how it felt today it was like going back in time but it's frust- I was so frustrated and you could see see it going the way it went as well yeah do you know what though and, and this is probably going to be this is probably a controversial take I think and I'm not even sure I might be talking complete nonsense but like yeah it actually reminded me a lot of Texas football oh, like, well just the way like well firstly like we started quite well and then we went behind and then we went Scott conceded again that was very Marsh-esque and then you know with the shackles off second half you know we we're pounding them and we used to do that sometimes and some of Hill saving our asses. but also like I mean it was it was very very congested like all our 
our four wingers that were all playing, they were all in between the penalty box trying to play one twos. And, and that's what we were trying to do under Marsh. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying this is a bad thing or anything, but it did remind me of that. And and I was getting a bit frustrated. I, I did, you know, you always out wide it was Ailing or Byram. And I'd have rather seen, you know, the the more gifted players in those positions, so, you know, with space on the flank, like we saw with Pervade near the end. Yeah, well, your your next book, you know, I mean, this book's doing so well. We've sold quite a lot of copies and we're also talking about doing a digital version on the site as well, which you can look out for. But I, it's your next bo- book that I'm now querying, Rocco. It's like Barker versus the Championship. Opening word, just like Marsh. I'm sure that'll go down well. Uh, dear me, yeah, no, but I don't, I don't mean Kit. You know, you know, we we seem to be able to get through them. We just just weren't taking our chances or not getting the shot away quick enough. It was it was difficult. It was yeah, it was tough tough afternoon. It felt very very safe for a long period of time, didn't it? Like there was you know we were passing sideways, trying to break them down, but not really breaking. There was no like penetrating passes through the middle, or there was, no, there was none of that. So it just felt a bit like. Do you know what it felt like? It felt like Crystal Palace first half, like them playing against us. And I th- and I was kind of convinced that we were going to come out and, you know, like give, give Sinistera like free reign to just run at them. But it didn't happen. It like we slowly got in there and there was players that were just not really being able to make a mark who ended up coming off as well. Yeah, it was sort of kind of how I felt it was going to go, even though we said 4-0 last week. There's <laughs> Bordel to Leeds. It was still in the back of my mind that you know, it might be just one of those games where we just play against a side that sits deep. And I didn't think Aaron, I didn't think much of Aaron Ramsey. No, no, he didn't. Did he? Yeah, he did nothing, didn't he? But yeah, I do. I, I mean, I like the the patient side of things. Obviously, that was very different to Marsh. That was good to see. I think yeah, at times it was a bit frustrating because it was very safe, wasn't it? Like there's a few times I wanted people to take, you know, even just a slight risk. Like Cresswell came on second half and. Like he tried to dribble towards the byline and he got tackled, but I didn't mind that at all. Like it was just something a bit different. And I think we just needed a bit more of that in the first half. Yeah, it was a bit slow. And I think the crowd was starting to get a bit frustrated even before we conceded the goals. But I do also think, you know, as much as I'm sort of picking a few holes in it here and there, it's so early, isn't it? Like, yeah, not everyone's Bielsa and can just, you know, click their fingers and, yeah, turn it all around. You know, I think Farker will need a bit of time to to put his stamp on it. You know, you saw it with like actually dropping into the right back position so often to dictate play and, you know, the left back coming inside and all that funny stuff. You know, so that's hopefully something that they'll they'll get better at and, you know, whatever he's trying to achieve by doing that will will be achieved. We did say last week that we felt we had a really strong forward line that could cause teams trouble and you know despite our frailties at the back but today the frailties kind of really came through didn't they and and I don't know if it was as much frailties but also just how we were tactically set up because I knew like a lot of people around us were sort of hammering Luke Aylin for being really high up the pitch but was he sort of gambling in that moment as well you know on on us like we're saying we're playing it very very safe up until that point so was he gambling on on a run and a pass being played through to him so I can't really fault him too much for that. I don't, I don't think he had a great game, if if I'm honest, but I don't really put him at fault for that. Funny you say that, yeah, because I, you know, obviously I, I was annoyed when it happened because you're thinking, well, where the hell's Ailing? But 
having watched the goal back, I think it's just as much as Nyonto's fault, really. And and the only person, or well, Ailing might know, but I think really the person that you would have to ask is Farker in terms of who should have had that man. Like, was Ailing right to go to the man that he went to? Um, probably, I guess it's a communication issue, but yeah, it's it's only really yeah, it's only really Farker that knows, I guess, because he's the one that sets up the team. But that was. Yeah, I was pretty pretty calamitous defending, wasn't it, to let let them have so much space down that side. Yeah. Re- rewinding completely back to before the game, like go go into Ellen Road, were you like buzzing again? Because my, my brother-in-law was a bit like, re- he was a bit, I don't know, just not really into it. But then when we got there, he was absolutely pumped and, and, and ready for it. And I was, a, I was a bit that way. I was... I've sort of been quite level-headed the last few weeks. I was excited to see, you know, the new banners there, and went to see the new the new kits in the shop, and they look they look ace in the in the flesh as well, much better. I really, I've asked I've asked the, my sister for a pair of the the away socks for Christmas because they're like peacock feathers, beautiful. Though. Yeah, yeah, I quite like the away kit actually. I'm I'm quite happy with that. I want the home kit, the home socks though. Actually, I yeah. I like yeah, I like the the blue, yellow, and blue looks good on the socks. It reminds me of the nineties. And yeah, I wasn't, I, I was probably, yeah, same as your brother-in-law. I, I wasn't that excited, but I think, I think it was when the teams came out to match it on together and we didn't have to worry about that bloody Premier League anthem cutting <laughs> in. That sort of made me really, yeah, really happy. And like, yeah, there's like the VAR, not having VAR. I, th- I think I, I enjoyed the match more and more as it went on and sort of appreciated the, yeah, the, the non-Premier League side of it. You know, I, like not even when we had the goal chalked off. Honestly, I was uh, like, I, I, I was almost relieved that we didn't have to worry about whether we were going to get it reviewed and then have to all stand around. Like, it's just so much better just watching the match and you know what unfolds, unfolds, and and that's that. So I love that. And the added time as well is good. Thankfully, <laughs> we needed every every minute of it in the end. So yeah, I think I'm I'm more excited now after the game than I was before. I was yeah. I did, I don't know yeah. I, I, like as much as I sounded so excited to predict us winning the league and winning four nil, you know, you're still coming into the championship and it's it's yeah, fitting but or it felt deflating, but it doesn't feel it now. I'm I'm excited. I even enjoyed that Friday night game, Southampton game. You know, I, I just find the championship so much more interesting. It is. I'm like a hostage Anna now. It's it's syndrome going back. It is Stockholm syndrome. It is exactly that. But I know what you mean. It fo- sort of feels a bit more like real. Like the Premier League is, is such a polished product, and I know we all want to be there because you want to be at the top and you want to play. You, like you want to see your team playing against the best teams in the world. And but it is. It's so it's so polished. It's so for TV that you just sort of feel a bit disengaged with it all, don't you? Yeah, and nah, I, think, I do. I really do. And like you say, you want to be back, of course, but it's it's refreshing all the same. Were you surprised with the team when it came out? I know, like we've obviously jumped back to this after getting to. We haven't even talked about it being two 0 but were you surprised with the team? I was I was delighted to see Archie Gray starting, and it looked like a really decent, strong setup. I I felt. Yeah, I think it was the team I wanted. I was really happy that Gray got the nod. Um, really happy that he tried Nyonto up front. Don't know if it worked or not particularly, but yeah, I think he, you know, threw our four best forwards on there, and um, I think that was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem with it. I think I don't know whether Byron might have started. He hadn't have signed so late. I think but maybe it's just nursing his. I think. 
I think Vargas said that he was, you know, I think because he's not played that much 90 minutes in the last season, even that he, yeah. you know, the idea was he was going to start him. Yeah. 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 Thinking about it as well, you know, we've had these situations where Bamford has played in uh, games like that, where you've had a team that just sits deep and we've not fared any better for it. You know, it's like we've had creative players around and trying to overlap and stuff and it's not worked for us. So, but do you think Bamford would have made a difference in, to that game had he been fully fit? Nah, probably not. Moving on. So, so I don't, like, well, do you think do you think a striker would have made a difference? Like, if we'd have signed a good striker, like, I, I'm not. It, I, maybe it would have changed the way we approached the game. But the way we act, w- the way we attacked, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. We, I guess we'd have had a focal point in the box, saying crosses at. I guess so. Maybe it would have helped. Maybe it made us one-dimensional because we only had all our wingers on. Yeah, it, I mean, we'll never know, will we? But and it's one of those stupid, annoying questions. But yeah, it, it's obvious we've got too many wingers at the minute. <laughs> something's <laughs> something's got to give. And and um, you know, I, I think everyone was surprised the other week when Parker said about needing another centre back. And uh, you know, Cooper obviously leapt up like a Yorkshire salmon. I don't even think they're a thing. And uh, they are now. And pumped. Pumped the ball into the back of that with his giraffe neck, so he's a flying giraffe salmon, and then landed on his ankle and his Achilles popped or something. I don't know what's gone on there, bless him. But yeah, it's like you, you you sort of forget as well how many injuries Cooper's had, and he's a great great leader for us. But yeah, we do need to shore it up there. And I've seen the the Nat Phillips come rumors have been circulating again on Twitter this evening. So we see what happens there. There's a rumor that we've had a bid accepted for a mm-hmm. Greek defender. Three million. Oh uh, yes, I saw uh, someone confirming it with Andrew Russo, your friend, f- fellow Italian friend. Yes, Andrew, what? did you call him? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Italian <laughs> friend. Oh uh, dear. Yeah, uh, yeah, Coops. That could cost him about ten million Saudi dollars, couldn't it? I, you would never go. I would never go. Probably there's someone I don't know. Someone we know saw Cooper in Harrogate Hospital. Yeah. Like later on during the game, they were in hospital as well. So, oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know why you'd go to Harrogate Hospital, but I hope he's all right anyway. Yeah, that must be pretty serious then, I suppose. Yeah, it must be. So, what else happened? What's your, well, you, the, the first goal came down your side. I suppose already touched on that. What did you think about the second goal? Well, it was, we were just, again, it, it just felt like we were being sort of wasteful and. A lot of players were tired or just not getting anywhere as well. And I think the subs were right. You know, bringing Barham on, like you said, at halftime was the right call. And I, to be honest, I thought, ironically, some of, some of it on a lot of the stat apps has been given man of the match because he got an assist and he got a goal. And I think he dribbled past like four or five players or something ridiculous over the course of the game. But I was just frustrated with him towards the end. I was just like, he looks exhausted. Just take him off. Yeah. Like, what do I know? The ball and the ball fell to him, and he obviously just blasted it in. It's like, yes, that's the sort of bit of luck that we needed. And it's funny that, isn't it? You know, and sometimes we sort of moan about the team trying to walk it into the back of the net perfectly. I mean, it basically was a, a nothing shot that the keeper would have saved, deflected off two defenders, fell into some of the league, just booted it in the bottom corner. It's like, yeah, that's kind of what happens when you try your luck. Yeah, and did we? You know, we never. There were so many occasions where we could have had shots from from outside the box. I think uh, I think you've been a bit harsh there. I thought it was a brilliant finish. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, a brilliant finish. I'm just I'm just in that phase of like I wanted him off, and I've had to. I've, 
I've had to eat like... humble pie. Yeah, eat humble pie. So now I'm just talking it down, but yeah, it's great finish. Somerville did really well as well. Eh, not Somerville. I always get these two mixed up. Sinistera, the way he got it out of his feet and sort of got a bit of space before unleashing his shot. He won't get an assist for that, will he? I won't bump up his average. In fact, my dad said that Somerville was out of his depth. Can you believe that? I thought that was harsh. Yeah, the, yeah, maybe. Well, that's how I felt as well. Oh, okay. So, no, no I, I didn't. This is me <laughs> returning on my five. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. It, I'm just, I'm just glad we got a point. Like, in fact, to be honest, it felt like we were gonna get something from the game for a long time, and we, we hundred percent deserved it. So, fair play to them. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Fitness has obviously worked. I saw Popey tweet that they've been doing 10 times one kilometer running second yeah. to get their fitness up, which is makes you feel a bit sick, doesn't it? Because they're going to be running that at a decent pace as well. Yeah, it's hardcore that. They, did you see Graham Smith's tweet before we came? Like, basically made, said that Popey was in his 70s and, like, I couldn't believe it, but I actually did believe it. The next. <laughs> I told my dad, I guess I all purpose. We were all like, yeah, astonished. But yeah, it turns out it was fake news. It's obviously not. Obviously not in his 70s. Oh dear. What did you think of the atmosphere? I thought the atmosphere going in was brilliant. As soon as they scored, it was flat. And I think it was Eddie Gray. We, we've mentioned it before. And Eddie Gray sort of saying, the one time to worry at Ellen Road is when everyone goes quiet. And it was it was threatening to go that way for some time. And I think it was quiet at one point. And yeah, I'm just glad they, they, there were still players on the pitch that, because at some point I saw a few heads drop and Yonto was sort of shoulders were slumped and I thought, oh, here we go. Like, you know, you can't, like you've got, you, you need someone to drag us through this. And, but Ampadu, I thought was a brilliant rouser of the players, but also he was just immense. Like he was, he was so good today. And for me, he was, he is what we always wanted from Foreshore, but never managed to get. And I think. There's so many times in the game where, you know, like midfielders that we've had before sort of get drawn into a game and don't sense any danger when a, when a team, you know, clears it out from their own back. And, but he just sensed like everything, like whenever there was 
any sort of pressure building from them. He just shut it down immediately. And it was, yeah, he's got a brilliant footballing brain, I think, and he's going to be interesting to watch. I'm, I'm glad we've got him because I think we would have been completely screwed at this point had we not. Good point. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I, I Yeah, I love him. He's great. A fantastic signing. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was, I mean, I, I don't know, between him and Archie for Man of the Match, I suppose, I, you know, I was thinking it would be Archie, but like I just watched some of the high, I just sort of like wound through the game and watched some of the key moments and he was involved in nearly everything. You know, he did, you know, there's things that you, you sort of don't notice at the game. Now, even before they scored, you know, getting the blocking of the initial shot, you know, that was good. It was, it was really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with him. I can't believe he's been playing centre-back for his previous teams. That seems ludicrous when you look at the qualities that he's got and composure in midfield and just, you know, just always popping off to the to the player in space. And yeah, just knitted it all together. Lovely. He's, uh, he's a great Tyler Adams. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens, won't it? Especially because Archie's put forward a, a strong argument for, for sticking in there as well. But I thought it was good to see as well that Ampadu on the corners was dropping back into centre-back position, which obviously allowed Cooper to go up as well. So that's quite interesting. Yeah. And given that Cresswell scored five goals at Millwall last season, you think that also gives him a chance to kick on and hopefully we'll get some of him from some set pieces if we can cross it past the first command. <laughs> some of Mill's corners are good. Yeah, you don't want to admit that, will you? You don't want to hear it. You'll edit this out. <laughs> yeah, it's all gone. Deleted. No, his corners were good and... We need more of that because we've had so many. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do a bit of Somerville bashing to make you feel better. I don't I don't know if you've seen the video yet, but when he equalises Archie, who had been taken off by that point, he's like rousing all the players, trying to get them to go back to the centre circle. He literally pushes Somerville back onto the pitch, like to get yeah. him, you know, because there's still a minute to go. But then Somerville turns around and sinks, sinks back to his knees, like pointing to the heavens again at the cop. It's like, oh, for God's sake. Archie just gives up at that point. I'll tell you what Archie should have done. He should have ripped his gloves off and taken them to the centre circle. That would have got him back. I mean, it's 18 degrees. It's August. Uh, Maybe yeah, it's yeah. got an allergy or something, so I should stop being harsh. You might have, you know, eczema or something. Bless him. I think it's, I think it's his brand. Oh, I'd build his brand on, on gloves. Yeah. Yeah. It should be called Winterville then, shouldn't it? Good one. No, I can't drop in dad jokes. God, we'll lose listeners like no tomorrow. Right, what else have we got? I've got my... No, no, no. I'm not joking. Honestly, I screamed so loudly when we scored equalizer. I think that's what's done it. Might burst a blood vessel, to be honest. Have you got a paracetamol? I will get some after this. Good. Should we run through the player ratings? Yep, go for it. Should we run through the player ratings prediction of the whole squad and then do our rings for the match. Yeah, let's do it. So last week we talked about on the um, podcast that we were going to guess the average ratings for players over the season, over the course of the season. And yeah, Rocco's kindly put together a lovely table that's going on the the website. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep track of that across the season. I am gonna try and my best to skew it so I win. Well. Just before we start, I did say to you off air that the, any any new player we're allowed to see once before putting the guess in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, am I allowed to revise my Ampadu prediction? Is it too late? What have you got? No, absolutely not, because I've I've guessed way above you on that one. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I'm joking. Okay, good. Uh, what? I can or I can't? Yeah, you can. 
Have you got the, the, do you want to read out yours or shall I read out all of ours? You go for it, Rocco. This is your, okay. you own it, Rocco. If, if it's boring, just edit it out. So the first rating will be, okay. Ilan Melier, James 7, Rocco 7.42. Darlo, James 7.2, Rocco 6.98. Ailing 7.1, Rocco 7.18. This is going to take that's a long tight. time, isn't it? Fine. That, that's a tie one. Drama, you've got 7.1, I've got 6.9. Byram, 6.9 versus 6.86 from me. Gelder, 7 for you. 7.04 for me. It's actually quite similar, this, isn't it? Burpo, 6.2, 6.45 for me. Cooper, 7. So I continue. Yeah, no, carry on. I realise I've selected the cells, but I'm just checking something. All right, 7.26 for me. Did you think he was going to go to Saudi Arabia? Is that what he put straight? <laughs> yeah, Seven. Yeah. Strike, 6.9 for you, 6.91 for me. Now, this, I, I believe in strike mode. We've been a little bit harsh on him, but that being said, it's a good reminder that there's still a bit something shaky there with Strike. But today, I wasn't 100% convinced by him. Yeah, no, I think so. He needs to win me over still. Oh, Cresswell, seven for you, 6.88 for me. That's a bit damning, isn't it? Yeah. Ampadu, nine for you. I went 7.25. I'm, I'm going to update that to 7.45, having seen how good he is. But yeah, nice. I thought you were going to say 10. I thought you were going to go all right. Tyler Adams, 8 for you, 7.36 for me. Shackleton, 6.9, 6.85 for me. Archie Gray, 7.4, James. Very good. I had him down to 7.11. Darko JB, 5.9 from James. I'm pretty brutal there, haven't I? That is brutal. I think he might be the lowest in the squad. I said 6.5. I don't, yeah, I don't really believe in him either. Greenwood. Another 5.9 for you, 6.55 for me. Bait, 6.9 for you, 6.5 for me. Dallas, we both very sadly put not applicable because yeah. obviously we neither of us think he's going to play, which is sad. Let's hope we're wrong. Just to add to this, this is going to be a lot quicker in future, isn't it? Because we're going through the whole squad now, whereas on a game day at least. Ah, yeah. Yeah, this is a one-off. Uh, so, I'm going to try and actually just go through our, our scores. We're going to see percentage drop-offs at certain minutes of this podcast. That's what I'm thinking. Like, everyone's listening to this bit going, bloody hell. What is going on? Bloody hell. Daniel James, 7.5 by James. And... I went for 6.95, which I'm even surprised at. Uh, Somerville, 7.2 from James, 7 for me. Uh, Sinistera, 7.7 for James, 7.42 for me. Harrison, 7.4 for James, 7.18 for me. Paveda, 7.1 for James, 6.75 for me. Ian, Ian, Ian. Elder Costa got a not applicable for me, and James, you put him down at 6.2. I feel like... He's coming, he's going nowhere, isn't he? He's got no squad number, I don't think. I thought I'd put nothing down for him. No, no. You think he's going to play at least two or three games? A few uh, games, actually, to get us in that 6.2. Matteo Joseph, 6.7 for you, 6.8 for me. Willie Nyonto, 7.2 for you, 7.5 for me. Joffrey Gelhart, again, you went big. I was surprised at this. Six, Sorry, 7.9 for Joffrey. Star of the team there, six point nine for me. I think I think I think I'm love drunk. Jorginho Rute, six point seven for you, and a generous six point eight two from me. And 
Patrick Bamford gets a 7.2 from you and a 7 from me. So I've checked our average res- averages across the whole team, Rocco. Mine's 7.11 and yours is 6.99. Now, considering wow. Edward finished 10th and you, you said we'll finish as champions, I think there's something off there. I've, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I think this this re- this reveals my inner thoughts. I think yours and my stupid inner thoughts of like just thinking everyone's world beater. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. So that's that's the whole squad list. Cool. And well, now we're going to rate the players from today. Yeah. Okay. So Elon Melia, could he have done better on those goals? Probably. Maybe I'll put him down as six point five. She'll um. Just to say to explain the the rating, so like for me, six is below par really, seven is decent, eight is very good, nine is brilliant, and then ten would be spectacular. Six and five would be appalling. Six million. Done. Ailing six. Six again, sadly. That pains me, does that? Yeah. Gelder, I've gone for quite a harsh five. What do you think? He's just obviously was half for the goal, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, that was the only thing that he sort of really did wrong, but I think it was telling that he got taken off at half-time as well, so five, yeah. Yeah. Strike, six. Six, yeah. Cooper, seven. Yeah. Ampadu, eight. 8.5. Come on, we've got to get near this nine that I've put. Should we put, I think I'd like, I'd I'd happily give him a nine, should we do that? Let's go 8.5, 8.5. 8.5. Cardiff, let's see what happens again. Yeah, that's true. Actually, eight. I'd say an eight. Yeah, let's go eight. Okay. James, six. Yeah. Yeah, six point, six, well, six point three. Are we doing that, away? We? No, 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 let's just do six. Six. We can do. No, because he's not a six. seven. He's not a seven, is he? He's a six, yeah. No, he's a six. Uh, Sinistera. Oh, well, I'd put him down as a six here. Does he deserve a seven? Maybe. I don't know, he missed that. There was that, there was that attempt at goal where he yeah. didn't get a touch and he fluffed it a bit, then he's six. He's at six. So, yeah, must, no. Must do better, Mr. Sinister. Out of his depth. Somerville, eight. I just want to say four. Uh, I mean, it was a lovely goal. Probably an eight, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. that's. I'm, that's happy, I'm happy to mark him up for a goal because he's done something great. Like, that. you know, that's an end product. That's, we mark people down for not having end products. I'm he got to have to mark him up. He got an assist and the goal. It's got to be an Yeah. Give him an eight, bless him. Willie Nyonto, seven. Seven. That's fair. Um, Byram, I was impressed with him. I gave him a seven. He was good, but he had three attempts in the box and all of them went, were like blasted over. Oh, there's like some 50p sort of header. So six for me. I, uh, I, I said to Luca, my nephew, like he's had like five or six attempts and none of them have come within 40 yards of the goal. <laughs> no. By the, end, uh, by the end of the season, he might hit the post. Right, give him give him a six then. Creswell, seven. Yeah, I thought he was good. Solid. Yeah. Joffy, six. Yeah, he didn't really do, like, no time really to see, was there? Uh, Pervader, seven. Ian, Ian. Yeah, what? Seven. We can't give him an eight, can we, for that? No. He, was, he, looked, he looked really good. Would you start him in the next game? Uh, well, he, probably against Shrewsbury, get the minutes. Good okay. game in the week, but... Uh, Interesting one, because he got, had a bad injury as well, didn't he, at Blackburn? So he's come back well from that, which is good. Yeah, definitely. He looks he looks a little unit, doesn't he? Yeah. He was buoyant. And finally, Sonny P. Did he even I'm touch the ball? Five. Right, great. How long did that take? Have we finished now? 
we're finished. Yeah, we'll we'll update them on the site. We'll keep track of that, and like we say, we'll we'll probably turn this into the man of the match section of the podcast, I suppose, where we just quickly go through ratings in future. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll just we'll because actually, we have to just jointly agree on man of the match now, don't we? Which is quite civil, rather than it's like the okay. point. The points dictate it, really, don't they? To a certain degree, I think we should be allowed to choose different man of the matches. All right. Who's yours? Well, I think like you touched on earlier, I was sort of flitting between Archie Gray and and Ampadu, but and I, and I would love to give it to Archie on his debut because he was immense, like 17 years old and 150 days or whatever it is, the youngest Gray to make a debut for Leeds United. Just fantastic, exactly how you'd want it to go. And, you know... Hayden, who we've obviously talked, Hayden, his agent on the podcast, and his, his dad, obviously, as well. You've got to be delighted for everyone there. It's amazing. Because for, for years, they will have thought, you know, dreamt of this moment and feared it as well. And, and here it is. And he, he was fantastic and wish him all the best. But I think Ampadu just had such a good game. Like, I've got to be honest to myself that, yeah, it's got, it's got to be him. Like, he was, he was a real, he held it together for us. Like, without him on the pitch, I don't know how we would have fared today. So, like, yeah, can't ask for more. And I know it feels a bit harsh not giving some of it, but for me, they were those two players, Archie and Ampadu, were the, the two that glued all together. But it's just Ampadu's edge tip for me. Yeah, I, I I have to agree entirely. So, yeah, that wasn't very controversial. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> we need more drama in this podcast. I can't even add to it. It was great. And yeah, Archie was as well. My gut feeling was Archie, but yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm, yeah giving it to Ampadu. And you know what? It does bode well. You know, if we make a signing of a player of that calibre, you know, based on that first game, you know, I'm quite excited to see what we will bring in in other positions if we can. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, that's it. And it feels like there's still going to be some moves. We've talked about a couple of players that, you know, have been rumored to put a bid in for some some player Rocco's mentioned who hasn't told his name. Brilliant, that, br- brilliant journalism. That. Everyone will know by the time this comes out. <laughs> yeah. What, um, do you, Parker said again after the game about not being able to bring anyone in because we've not brought any money in. Mm-hmm. So, like, people have to go. Like, I, obviously, I, I don't know the economics of it, but I don't understand, like, why not? Like it can't be FFP. I mean, we've we've got parachute payments. Apparently, 
like players are taking big pay cuts because of you know the relegation. You know, got a load of wages off the take off the off the off the off the accounts. Like, surely there's some money there. Like, I, I don't understand. We can't be right at the edge of F- FFA. I don't understand. No, and I don't really know as well. And I think Square Ball mentioned the other week that Angus Kinnear is going to be on their podcast after the the transfer window closes. So maybe we'll have some real understanding of what's going on there because it is about time we heard from the club on it because Barker is the sort of person who's been fronted in to answer the questions of are we signing anyone else and obviously there's only so much you can say you know that that's the sort of thing that needs to go up a level and the club needs to answer so the sooner that is the better really because I think it is just everyone just speculating and we don't really know what what they're thinking yeah if they're getting Angus on we should probably try and get Parag on then shall we bit of one up with We've got Parag Marata here. I might just put on an accent, swing it. What else? What else we got? Your creative Houston have been flowing. You've got another idea, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've I've created a new segment that sounds incredibly pompous when I when I produ- when I when I introduce it. I'm going to talk about something interesting now. So I wanted to challenge myself. To, well, Leeds is such an interesting club that I thought that they will probably be something interesting to talk about for each upcoming opponent, not including whoever the hell we're playing in midweek. Who is it? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, not there's, Shrewsbury. There's respect for you. League game. Oh, Shrewsbury. Did they? No, it doesn't matter. Shrewsbury is the game that Sam Byram had his debut against. I think it was in the Cup at 4-0. It was that game. Really? Uh, someone in our group posted, it's a shame Byram didn't come on and make his debut for Leeds again against Shrewsbury on Wednesday. Just for symmetry, which is a fair point. Wow. Maybe you should take over this segment. <laughs> I'll say right, shut it down. So so for Birmingham away, I well well it's there's quite a bit of material to go at. So if this isn't interesting, then we'll knock this on the head straight away. Cause nineteen sixty five, our first season up in the top flight under Don uh, we were going for the double last game of the season. We went to St Andrews and Birmingham were already relegated, already rock bottom of the league, and we needed to win to give ourselves a chance of, of winning the league. Man, you still had a game in hand. But yeah, so our final game of the season, we were top of the league at this point, and if we'd have won, we'd have you know, had, a, had a really good chance of being crowned champions with the FA Cup final to come. And after two minutes, we went behind 1-0. After five minutes, Birmingham got an injury, put them down to 10 men. This was the last ever league game without substitutes. So the bottom team in the league, we were 1-0 down, but we were playing 10 men. They ended up going 3-0 up, Birmingham, Ooh. early in the second half. And But Leeds, obviously, the keep fighting spirit, brought back Jack Charlton, got an 88-minute equaliser, 3-3. And Norman Hunter hit the post in injury time. Ooh. And we drew 3 all, and we lost the league to them lot. So that was a pretty momentous day. I wanted to ask you... If you remember the semi-final in 1996 in the League Cup. No, was that when we went on to play Villa in the final, was it? Yes. Um, I, don't, I don't remember the semi, to be honest. I was, I was quite young then. Okay. We, yeah, we beat them. They were, they were a division below us. I was up front and they had Chris White, Wilkinson's championship winning centre-back, marking Yeboa. Birmingham scored first through Bambi on ice. Guy called was it was it called Trevor not Trevor Francis Summit Francis. He was like six foot seven, and 
But your bower equalised and Chris White got the winner, an own goal. It was a 2-1 first leg lead. So that was a happy day and we went on to get to the final and that wasn't a happy day at all. Excellent. I am going to pluck that out and watch. I might see if I can get it on Twitter as well. We'll see if we can get it up there. Yeah. So yeah, one final thought. My first ever trip to Birmingham was brought the most bizarre situation ever. I was driving down the motorway. This is ridiculous. Driving down the motorway, the car to my left, the driver, just one guy on his own in the car was playing the saxophone as he drove along. Honestly, it was so, so surreal. He was literally sat there driving like, with his knees on the wheel, playing the saxophone, like completely crazy. It was like, I don't know, going to a show that he was rehearsing for a last minute or something. I kind of, very, very uh, I kind of wish like we'd just teed this up for some sort of joke ending the podcast where we'd have like a saxophone playing the theme tune out, but we're... We don't, we don't have that, sadly. I don't have the time to pull it together. No, no, not enough preparation. Cool, anything else? Well, it was the 5-4, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, the 5-4 was a brilliant day. Luke Aylin, one of his better days. He'll be back, I'm confident in him, but yeah, that was that was crazy that, that day and never never forget it. It's one of those of recent Leeds history, an important yeah. Portland game. Yeah, I think that was... Well, yeah, it just summarised Bielsa, didn't it, really? Like, just such a manic, crazy, bizarre, frantic, amazing game. Summarised him and Pep Clotet, because it was Pep who was managing Birmingham at the time, wasn't it? With Duke Wellingham in the team as well. Yeah, yeah, he scored. And yeah, Pep Clotet after the game, um, even though he'd lost 5-4, he still came out and said that Bielsa was, for him, the best manager in the world which was nice of him to say so. He's a good lad, Pep Clotet. I wanted him to take over from Gary Monk. Yeah, he had a nice, a nice beard and a nice face. So last, last week as well, we, we obviously talked about our predictions and then a bunch of people replied on Spotify as well. So feel free to reply on Spotify again for this. We'll put um, a question up there for you to answer, but just let us know your thoughts on the game. Thoughts on the pod as usual, which is always appreciated. But just to read a few out, Declan McMahon, I hope I pronounced that right, Prediction for the season, sixth and a loss at Wembley. Definitely top six, real good chance of top two. Chrisman2394 says fifth. Sam Poz89 says top six. Uh, S. Murray says difficult given the squad situation. If we don't add a centre-back, right-back, left-back, number 10 and number nine, we will struggle <laughs> to survive. If we if we sell, I think we've missed out a word, Nyonto and Sinistera. Thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's all fair to be honest like I can't like I predicted first but it almost feels like it holds no weight because because there's so many yeah we're just it's all up in the air isn't it it depends on yeah so many factors I think that's all fair that's how I felt today as well it it felt that maybe we're being safe as well because we don't really know what our best squad is yet and we don't really know what's going to happen um it still feels like we're finding our way and it is a long season and there's time for us to kind of figure this out and it's important to not lose your heads even when you are 2-0 down against Cardiff that there is a long way to go and it's, su- it's such early days of the team actually being a unit that they've got to figure this out and there's a few weeks to do that as well so don't be disheartened but my abstract existence said fifth Michael O'Kane must be someone in your family that says champions fourth promoted after penalty shootout in the playoff final that's Timu 7000 Nathan Chapman second second think Leicester finishes five or ten points ahead of us that's Andy Craig M. Deville, 1964, it's impossible to really predict where we will come at the end of the season. 
the first game of the season has even started, but I like a bit of fun, so I'll say six. Need a striker desperately. Still, are you of that ilk as well? Striker needed. Uh, definitely, I, I, I do think that. I, you know, even if we kept everybody, I, I, I'd still want a striker. Really, yeah. So after today, uh, well, my mate George asked me, "Do you feel more positive or less positive?" I struggle to answer him. What do you, What do you think? I, I mean, I was disappointed that we didn't win four 0 and it wasn't a convincing victory. I'll give you that, but <laughs> I think it's it's probably fair and it's probably about where we are when you think about it. Like, like I just said, they've not had a massive amount of time to, to kind of work together. We've had a shortened season. There's been loads of players that have gone out. They're learning a whole new style after having a season of playing under, like a lot of the players having a season under Marsh with tactics that I don't even remember existing. So they're starting to learn the pass again. So a massive, massive change. You can see the capabilities there. There just needs to be a time for it to, there needs to be a time allowed for it to sort of gel and come together. And I think it will, I think we've just got to be patient. I can't remember where I got up to on these, but yeah, mo- most, most people are sort of saying in and around playoffs, Michael Moundrill said seventh, Carl said seventh on goal difference and Antonio Ramos. We have a good squad. The problem is that a lot of the teams, a lot of the other teams also have, it's hard for us to deviate from our original predictions, although you might want to rock home and said champions. But um, it's still a long way to go, so let's see. Yeah, I might say second now, because actually I thought, I thought Southampton were really impressive. Uh, obviously, Wednesday have just come up. But yeah, watching them Friday night, the way they knocked the ball about, I thought I thought they looked like they could smash everybody. Like you say, very, very early days. And they only won 2-1. Yeah, it was a similar sort of thing, wasn't it? Like, again, today, I was watching the momentum graph like of that game, and there was, was probably some, some people might have seen it on Twitter, and like Sheffield Wednesday had nothing, but when they did have it, they came very, very close. And it was exactly like Cardiff today. So, and that is how the championship goes sometimes. It's how the Premier League went. It's how football goes. There we are. Right. My book is out today. Presuming this, yeah. this podcast is, is getting released on Monday. So yeah. Happy birthday to Marcelo Bielsa versus the Premier League. It is. I like last podcast, I did say that I've got my new glasses because I couldn't read. I now need reading glasses. And I have read the first few chapters and I am enjoying it. I actually think it's your best one, Rocco. Nice. You're not the first person that said that, actually, which delights me. You're never quite sure how it's going to go down. Even if my dad says that every book he reads of mine is the best he's ever read. <laughs> when it's coming from him, it's hard to, to believe. But I think it's I think it's good. I think people will enjoy it. And yeah, delight to hear that. Thanks. I think you, you've gelled together the sense of you know, things that were just going on in the wider world at the time and um, and obviously things that were going on at Leeds United really well and it really helps frame it in your mind and it's, yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend it to anyone and that's, you know, I normally tear into Rocco as well for shilling his books on our podcast, but no, I, it's genuine. It's a really, really good read and, it, and it, it'll take you all back, so highly recommend it. And as I say, we're just trying to sort out whether we can sell digital copies on the site and uh, which will mean they're slightly cheaper for anyone who's wanting to, wanting to save some money, um, you can download it and have it on your e-reader. So yeah, just keep an eye on that. And uh, yeah, there's some other bits on the site, so have a look at those. But apart from that, I think we're probably done for this week, Rocco. Good to be back watching football again. I'm just to say also that you've done a great job on the website. It's uh, looking very clean and uh, yeah, user-friendly. It's excellent. There you go. I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn. Rocco's reviews. Here we go. Actually, we were going to call your new section Rocco's Modern Strife, weren't we? 
But I can review that. That's, that's got a ring to it there. Rocco's Modern Strife's good. Yeah. But people, I don't know. Will people remember? Are you even old enough for Rocco's Modern Life? Do you I, I remember Rocco's Modern Life on Nickelodeon as a kid yeah. because I asked my dad for like ages to get Sky so I could watch Leeds games. And I remember the first, like the first season we got it was actually the 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 first game we watched when we got Sky Sports was the Yeboa versus Liverpool at Ellen Road. So oh, wow. And then the next day I watched Never. Yeah, and the next day I watched loads of Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> I don't know whether I did. But actually that's one of the things people could comment on. Drop us a note, watch Rocco's new section be called. And if if no one names it, then we'll call it something rubbish. Should it be called or should it be cold? Thanks ever so much and yeah, I really appreciate it. And we'll 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 see after see after the Birmingham game. We're not gonna do through as Rowie. Mr. Rocco thinks it's a too small time. Yeah, no, we'll see see you in a week or so. But thanks thanks again. See you soon. Network.